Today's episode of The Wretched Hive is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash hive. That's H-I-V-E in case you can't spell hive. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Welcome to The Wretched Hive Podcast. I got a bad feeling about this. Moss Eisler Spaceport. What are you talking about? You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. This is ridiculous. We must be cautious. Actually, we're just a bunch of guys talking about Star Wars and other stuff. I'm looking forward to having some real talk with some real folks. That's good news. I like the sound of that. Well, guys, it's another huge, huge week in the wake of Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi, and we've got tons of news to talk about here in Episode 52 of the Wretched Hive Podcast for Friday, January 5th, 2018. My name is Steve Baldwin, and the entire Hive has joined me tonight. We'll start with the man, the myth, the Wookiee co-pilot, Greg Lent. Whoa, already? We're starting already? We're starting. What happened? Dude, is, Are we live? Is this on tape? Are we're we live? Li- is this thing on? I thought this thing would never, ever get started. Happy New Year, guys. Happy New Year, everybody listening in. Thanks for joining us for the new year. So excited for another year of Star Wars talk. Great ha- Star Wars talk, actually. Happy New Year. Wow, 2018. 2018. Pretty sweet. I'm Five excited. months to Solo. <laughs> Five months to solo. We've got some news about that movie coming up. An announcement from uh, John Williams. But we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Uh, We've also got lifelong Star Wars fan, Scott Ivansky. Hey, Happy New Year, Steve. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to the entire hive. I can't believe we have the entire hive tonight. I know. Uh, I I just want to put this out there right now. I have a resolution. Oh, New Year's resolution? I do. Okay, what's that? I am going to be nicer about the porgs. <laughs> I am. In fact, I'm eating one right now. <laughs> that's not cool, man. They're tasty, man. That's mean. You, well, that's more than Chewy did. <laughs> Chewy never ate a pork. I follow through. Is it is it Cajun style or flambe? Mm, Cajun style. Oh, the that's the way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are mean. Uh, also joining the show tonight, and I am thrilled to have this man on the show, international caller. Our first international caller yes. is a host of the show. Yes. The captain of the Millennial Falcon calling in Wait a life. minute. Wait a minute. The captain of? Uh, he is the captain of the... Millennial Falcon. Nico Rodriguez from Costa Rica. Woo! Yeah. I am uh, currently sitting in Playa Hermosa. On the Pacific coast of Costa Rica. Well, the, I love pi- the way you get that big old fat intro, and you're like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> well, I I was gonna talk Bring about where I was, and then and then oh. I got a. Uh, my location was spoiled. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, it's not oh, a chance. Yeah, you know, it's 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 all the rehearsal time that we put into the show. I I apologize oh, for that. I, I forgot. Hours, Steve's, hours. Steve's always been known to pop a little early, so you gotta be, you gotta be careful of that. I got yeah. three. I got three kids to show for it. Let me tell you, Scott, is this true? Yeah, three you know kids what? You guys are freaking partner. me out. I'm sitting right next to the guy. Really? You're telling me this now? Oh, two years into the podcast. Guys. Oh, there goes another one. Wow. Oh, damn it. And 
Finally! <laughs> we have... Back from the cold! That's no joke. Dave! The frozen tundra! Under no circumstances! Should you lick the pole? Should you ever? <laughs> and I mean... With that juicy tub. Ever! Because it'll stick to it! Call him! Dicky. Harry. Bumble. Potter. Oh. I don't know. You're gonna jump in there like I that. I was gonna jump. I was in waiting for. I was. Yeah, I thought he was gonna jump in. Thought he was gonna dive oh, right in. But man, I was, hey, good I, morning. I was. I was. Ha I was hanging, handing him up. I was gonna let him do it. <laughs> right. Hey. Wow. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Wherever, whenever you're listening to us, thank you for joining us here. We are five 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 tonight, and it is 2018. We're we're one year into the Trump presidency, and it's a success because we're not yet in nuclear winter. We're just in an actual winter. <laughs> Although, was that nuclear winter that you were in in North Dakota? No? It was something. Weren't, weren't you the one who responded that you looked up the temperatures at the actual location where they shot Hoth and yes. determined that I was like 30 degrees cooler than, than frickin' Hoth? <laughs> yeah, you were colder than Norway the day that we so that we were chatting. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, that, that was, I was something. Looking, I was looking at some stats. Um, the... Northeast this last week was colder than the surface of Mars. Oh my God! What is that possible? That's crazy. Well, that's crazy. So that's absolutely crazy. It's, oh my God! I just I, I just wish I'd had possible. I wish I'd had Matt Damon with me to science the shit out of that thing. Because I got to tell you, it was depressing <laughs> to get into the car and realize that after spending all the time brushing snow and scraping frost off the windshield, the inside windshield of the car was covered in frost. And I had to sit there for five minutes oh. waiting for the defroster to to clear all that shit off so I could drive. Oh, oh my God! God. Yeah. Wow. You know, I'm I'm not gonna lie. For a minute there, I thought you were gonna say you were wishing Matt Damon was there to shit on your potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that goes without saying. Oh wow! Well, if you have ever taken a shit on potatoes, call us and let us know about it at the Wretched Hive Hotline. That's five six two. Four five five four four eight three. That's five six two four five five hive. You know what I need to do is put together a compilation of all my. Uh, if you've ever if you have announcements for the oh, yeah. for the wretched hive hotline, yeah. that would be pretty you've good. You've ever taken a shit on a potato? <laughs> that would be pretty good. <laughs> also, check us out on social media. We've been more active on social media thanks to our Facebook maestro Scott Ivansky and Twitter guru Greg Lent. Thank yeah. you for doing Until that, you're guys. Ignored by yeah. Trump, Greg. You're not really a Twitter guru. Yeah, and this and this past week hasn't been quite so active, but it's been it's been a, it's been a crazy New Year, guys. Crazy New Year. Yeah. Yeah, it has. Well, you got to be sober to tweet. Well, actually, no, not necessarily. No, no. We have a, look at <laughs> no. the president, right? Is, That's very is true. Is he sober? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, check us out on Twitter. We at uh, we are at RetchHivePod, and on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash RetchedHivePodcast. So we hope to see you there. All right, guys, uh, we've got a ton of news. It's only about a ninety-minute show, and we have got a lot to cover. So let's jump in to the news. From ABC News World Headquarters, this is ABC World News Tonight. 
No, it's not. It's Star Wars news with the Wretched Hive. So be it. <clears throat> well, guys, controversy or not, Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi is a box office bona fide hit. The Last Jedi killing it at the box office, according to Box Office Mojo. Uh, as of January 1st, $531 million take. That puts it at number 8 all-time domestic already. Uh, number 23 all-time worldwide, at, according to, again, BoxOfficeMojo.com. In five years, guys, five, it's been five years, well, now coming up on six years, uh, that Disney purchased Star Wars, and it, I think it's safe to say it was a pretty good investment. Uh, as of last week, Star Wars franchises... Right. Yeah, it's done all right. They've uh, crossed the $4 billion mark in uh, box office take, eclipsing Disney's Lucasfilm, Lucasfilm price. That's just the box office. That's not including anything that uh, has to do with merchandise or... Uh, amusement parks or anything like that. That's just box office four billion. Uh, this, according to Billboard.com, Wall Street analysts lauded the Walt Disney Company's decision in 2012 to buy Lucasfilm. Uh, they paid 4.06 billion for Lucasfilm back in 2012, five years ago, and already the box office take has eclipsed that, with plenty of films left to go in the hopper everybody's seen this movie like it or not and we'll get to that a lot of people don't like the film still although they've seen it multiple times um even the astronauts in space guys there's a great little story about astronauts uh astronauts on the isis space station one uh watching uh star wars the last jedi in space pretty cool uh but there's just been a ton a ton of critical review and fan review about this movie uh certainly eclipsing any other star wars phenomenon that we've seen i mean this this movie has been driving internet traffic and cr the the sharing of critical and favorable reviews like no other film in recent modern history and let's start with um going back to rotten tomatoes we covered this last week or two weeks ago Rotten Tomatoes, as of a couple days ago, still showing 91% critical uh, appreciation for this movie. 91% of the critics like the movie. Only 50% now. It's actually dropped since we covered this last time. I think it was about 52 or 53 two weeks ago. Now down to 50% of fans. Rotten Tomatoes denying the bot attack claims. Um, so those are legitimate results. Uh, fans are seriously split on the film. If you go through and read the critical reviews of The Last Jedi, I got to say, it's really entertaining. And depending on who you read, this movie was either uh, a, a brilliant piece of filmmaking or just an absolute piece of junk, to quote Luke. So we'll start with Rediff here. Rediff.com has a great review. It's titled, Review, Star Wars, The Last Jedi is Glorious. I'm going to read one line here. Towards the end, it says, uh, The Last Jedi exceeds its promise of a tick-all-the-boxes blockbuster. Right when it becomes a meditation on the frailty of the human soul, 
its relentless inner war to resist demons and save souls. Then you can jump a next tab over to uh, the review at GQ.com. Who among GQ other is known for their movie reviews, by the way. Among, That's why most people read that magazine. Among other things <laughs> says, Poe Dameron, you want a hot take? Here it is. Poe sucks. I love Oscar Isaac and would watch him in anything, but the more you see of Poe Dameron out of a cockpit, the less interesting he becomes. Another tab over at ZDNet, our... Uh, our friends over at ZDNet, Star Wars is dead, Gen Xers. Get over it. This is an extremely critical review of Star Wars, uh, The Last Jedi. And if I, as I scroll down and my, free, my uh, browser freezes up a little bit, I cannot get to the quote that I wanted to read. So we'll jump over to... Oh, this really annoys me when this happens. Oh, which with this piece, this is probably my favorite. The Concourse at Deadspin.com, probably the best piece of journalism, I think, really maybe in the history of the free press in the U.S., rivaling Woodward and Bernstein at the Washington Post for their work on the Watergate scandal. A list of some of the times The Last Jedi told older Star Wars fans to eat shit. Uh, <laughs> wow okay there's just a cacophony of star wars reviews positive and negative it's almost impossible to sort through all of them and so guys i'm going to start with with nico on this has your view of this movie changed since we My last view of spoke nico has changed <laughs> well he is half drunken in uh, costa rica so nico what, has your opinion of this movie changed La last time we were Together, I distinctly recall you hating on this movie and really being disappointed with it. Um, what do you think? What do you think two weeks after that? Your little uh, Star Wars hangover there. What What are you thinking about the movie now? Any changes in your opinion? <clears throat> um. Well, the more I watch it, the less I hate it. It's still it's still happening. And another, you know, four viewings after where I was two weeks ago, I almost like it um it's still barely in my top five um for the franchise uh, um as far as my how much i like it um but i'm really it's the middle half of a trilogy that it doesn't feel like the, any of the other trilogies like it's my exact same rant from two weeks ago so to answer your question no my my view on the movie has not changed. <laughs> at all. all right, so but I hate this thing where people are saying about how this movie is telling Gen Xers that Star Wars is dead. This movie was made by Gen Xers, so I don't like that um, people are trying to throw this at the millennials. That it's the younger crowd's fault. Um, yeah, Kathleen Kennedy and Ryan's Johnson are not millennials. Um, so fuck off. It's not our fault. <laughs> well, you stole my thunder a little bit. That's a great observation that you made that, I mean, Ryan Johnson is a Gen Xer. He's one of us and he made this film. No, Scott, Scott is putting his hands up like, no, he's not one of us. Scott, what, what say you, my friend? And he's a son of a bitch. That's what he is. He's a, uh, he's a traitor. That, he's a traitor. That bastard. 
Why do you say that? What's what's on your mind, Scott? Oh, I've got too much. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> I can see the gears spinning here. You know what? I I think he did what what Disney and him and Kathleen Kennedy all felt was the best for this thing, <clears throat> based off of his vision, based off of what we saw from The Force Awakens. But that leads to a ton of questions and a ton of problems that we haven't sat down and discussed. I mean, the the fact that this is the middle part of a trilogy. I'm going to accept that. And there's a lot left to be, you know, to wait for, to really, to re- I mean, honestly, just to wait to see what happens with this. Hey, think about this for a second. When we went into this, prior to the whole thing with Colin Trevorrow, we knew three different people, three different directors had three different ideas or visions on this. One of those is now gone and we're coming back to J.J. Abrams. We all know we have our issues with J.J., but we also love a lot of what he does. So the one of the small problems, one of the many problems I had with this film is it has too many creative minds in the pot not working together. And so I feel like the story is a little disjointed, and it's not fair to say that at this point, even though I'm saying it now. But you're going to come back to J.J., and we're going to see where this goes. Uh, Ryan's Johnson picked up the ball ran with it, took JJ's vision, did what he think what I'm hoping was a solid idea that they had for all three films. Mm-hmm. And we're just seeing the middle part. But it, my my problem is is it doesn't feel like it doesn't that. feel that way, does no, it? There isn't a feeling at the end where yeah, I'm okay, look. A lot of people are going to use Empire as the as the comparison film to this. And I I respect that in some sense. There are a lot of similarities, but my problem was is at the end of Empire even as old as I was back then, and there is a difference. I'm a 45-year-old man now, and there's problems with that, but whatever. My issue is, is you got to the end of Empire, and you felt a certain way. There was a, a lot of disarray. There was a lot of like, oh my god, I can't believe what's happening to Han Solo now. We, we, we have to wait. We have to find out. But there was still a feeling of of conclusion somewhat with the story that they were telling in that movie this movie didn't feel that way to me so i think we talked about that last um show that each of the original trilogy has each movie has a beginning middle and end that's clear and it all fits into the same trilogy of a beginning middle and end and so each film can stand on its own while fitting into the overall arc of this of the skywalker story but what i'm hearing you say is this film is the middle film of a trilogy, but it it doesn't feel like it stands on its own. No, I don't. I don't feel that way. Like I, I didn't feel that. I walked out of that. Well, my first reaction, I said this on our last review, so, was I walked out of that thing and I said, "Well, shit." I mean, that really mm-hmm. was the feeling I felt out of that walking out of that theater the first time. I went back and I felt better about certain things, but I still had a lot of questions and a lot of problems. And I know Dave wants to jump in, so please. Dave. Well, let me let me. Oh, trans- I just let me I just trans- want to ask a question. To try to <coughs> clarify ahead. this a little. Go ahead, Dave. So, how would you? Because I, I get what you're saying, and I actually kind of agree with you that I think this movie doesn't stand on its own as a film the same way most of the other ones did yes i think it very much more so fits in with with episode seven so i'm just trying to ask myself this right now and i'm wondering what your answer to it is how would i feel having watched say the two towers as a standalone movie if i hadn't seen the fellowship of the ring 
again, I'm going to say this, uh, and because I'm, I'm trying to draw a parallel of what what it is as a trilogy movie. I'm trying to agree with you, and draw a parallel to what the Lord of the Rings was. It, that's a hard one to uh, compare to, David. I'm going to I'm going to throw this out there for one reason because we're all okay. movie lovers, pop culture lovers, uh, but we all know that that was based off of a book with one person's singular vision. And my problem with that is, although Peter Jackson did an amazing bang-up job with those films, minus some criticism here and there, they were overall incredible films. The Two Towers I had a lot of problems with based on his creative decision to change the way that the story ended in the second movie as opposed to the second book. If you know the books, there was a definite ending to that book, which left it at a cliffhanger, but had some sense of, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to know where the next chapter goes, but I also feel that there is a sense of, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to loosely say this, finality in it. There was some sort of like, okay, I've got to the part two, and I feel like a good portion of this is done with certain characters. Let's move on to part three. Peter Jackson changed that up and added the original ending of Two Towers as the beginning of Return of the King. And... And, and if you know it, I'm not going to spoil anything because it's been out for God knows how long. You how can't many years spoil and, that movie at this point. Right. Uh, but we all know that. Certainly the, can't spoil the book. The, the, the sequence that takes place with, uh, what's her name, Shiloh, is it? The, the spider, the giant spider. Yeah. Uh, that all takes place at the end of Two Towers in the book and leaves an amazing moment at the end of that, like, that series and made me feel very complete reading that book. Knowing that, though... Again, we don't have a book or a script or a novel base to you know to kind of base this off of. I'm left wide open and blank, and I don't have that sense of somewhat closure—not complete closure, but like a story in itself closure. I, I don't know that I. Hmm. Well, I think I, I think could the be wrong, point. Yeah. No, I don't think you're wrong. I think the point you made is very similar to what Dave was saying last week, which was it's tough to judge this movie without seeing episode nine. Right, you have to put it in the context. And that statement alone kind of suggests that this movie really doesn't stand out or stand alone on its own very well. Right. But again, going back to Empire, using that as the comparison, and Dave, you made some great points on on a lot of this too. I'm sorry to steal some of your thunder on this. However, um, going back and rewatching Empire, Empire was obviously my favorite. It still is my favorite to this day. But going back and rewatching Empire, it's a complete film for me, even though there are. There's you know cliffhangers that hang at the end there. You want to know what happens to Han. You want to know what happens with the whole Vader Luke storyline. But I got done with that film and I feel somewhat complete. I feel like I could just go back and rewatch that film. I don't know if I have to necessarily go back and watch Return unless I want specific answers to certain things. That's it. We know where it's going to go. We know we know the concept of Joseph Campbell and and Lucas's connection with all of that and and the hero's journey or the hero's arc or whatever it's called. Um, we know that there's going to be some resolution in there with our main hero. But the fact that you can put together that middle film and just feel good walking out of it, even though you really should be feeling like crap. Because <laughs> everyone, I mean, everything, you look at what's happening, it's kind of the same thing that's happening with The Last Jedi. A lot of bad stuff happens to everybody in that film. But I just felt like it was kind of in disarray and didn't have a lot of structure. And that's what throws me off. So 
<clears throat> Greg, I, I want to direct this question to you because I, I've noticed a sort of a phenomenon on social media and on some of the groups that I belong to. And that is when there's a positive review of the movie, somebody likes the film. And there's a lot of people that are saying, oh my God, I love this movie and here's why. Um, it's often met with accusations of like, why are you being a Star Wars apologist? Um, oh, Disney hires people to make positive Facebook reviews. As someone that liked the movie immediately after the, the first viewing, what do you say to those folks that would criticize Disney for or make accusations that Disney is, is uh, putting falsely positive reviews out there? Uh, well, I don't know if they're putting falsely positive reviews out there. Um, you know, I, I did like the movie. I still like the movie, even out the gate. I, I applaud the choices that they made in this movie, and, and I kind of disagree with everything Scott said about that it's not being complete story. Um, it's To me, after having seen it a couple times now and, and after having having gone through it and, and experienced it and really kind of and trying to take it all in, for me, it's the end of the old rebellion. Even though they called themselves the Resistance now, it was really made up of the old rebellion. It had Leia as its general. It had Admiral Akbar, and, and it's the wiping of that slate. And the next movie is going to be, I think you'll see the resolution of, of Rey's story and Kylo's story and their position in this new Star Wars universe. But the the darkness of this movie comes in the wiping out of the of the old rebellion and the end of Luke as well. I mean, that's I, I kind of glossed over the most obvious one is the end of Luke there. <laughs> so as far as putting out the, I guess fake reviews or something like that, Disney paying off journalists. I mean, why? I mean, it's it's there's there's no need for that. They've got a plenty of plenty of a built-in fan base. I don't I don't I don't see why the need for that. I don't even think Disney's involved in any of the story creating ideas in this. I think it's all the Lucasfilm camp. I think it's all Kathleen Kennedy. They've got the the over they they put together a treatment for seven, eight, and nine, and then they gave it to the creators to flesh out a story out of that. I I don't think there's any Disney involvement at in, in all, and I don't know I I don't know why there would be. I mean, there's going to be plenty of marketing stuff on the side, but I don't think that Disney's trying to unduly influence there's no need to this movie was hyped to death coming into it there's no need to to artificially pump up reviews or anything like that it doesn't do them any good okay i got a lot of things i want to jump back on i hope you don't mind so i'm gonna just go with it uh one thing that bugs me about i i love the fact that we disagree on this but i want to bring up a couple points that you just brought up greg um so one of the big overall issues I'm having with this is the fact that they want to wipe the Skywalker story clean at this particular moment. I don't care if they do it, but why at this juncture, why right now when you could do a, a, an obvious conclusion through a trilogy arc of the Skywalker saga? We know it's going to get wrapped up in the in the third film, but they want to start wiping it all clean now. So let's kill off everybody that we loved through these movies, even though you're introducing them just to kill them back, like kill them off. So there's that concept right there. But then the fact that you say that it's Disney trying to introduce new stuff. My problem with Disney introducing a new thing like this is they're introducing characters that we've never met before and they're killing those characters off. It's bugging me the way that they're handling it. It's just the way that they're handling it is that 
I, I, I feel like they're not able to tell a coherent story, probably like how I'm trying to talk tonight. Not coherent, <laughs> but that's okay. But but do you see what I'm saying? Like uh, the, the whole Holdo storyline, why, why introduce a somewhat new character? Well, she is a brand new character in this film, even though she's supposed to be an established old Republic character. Plus, and, and then they kill her off in a moment of glory, which I didn't really care. I didn't... I had no care that that woman was getting offed in this film, except why introduce a new character and then kill her? When you have all these classic characters with what you want to do is wipe them all out and start a whole new, you know, rebellion or whatever the hell they're called, resistance. Second, real quick on that is, you mentioned this also, they're trying to wipe out the, the remnants of the old Republic. We got that crystal clear in The Force Awakens. They knocked off wait five a minute, planets. Wait a minute, wait a minute. We got that crystal clear in The Force Awakens. That was, as I recall, and please correct me if I'm wrong, that was a point of confusion, and it's not real clear that Hosnian Prime was the seat of you know, the New Republic's power, and that's what was getting blown out of the sky. You're that right. was like really unclear at the time that the movie came out. Okay, you're right, and this is another problem. So let me, let me backtrack on that then. Not crystal clear. It's implied <laughs> that they're wiping out the Republic. By knocking off those five planets. Yes. So, and the only way to really find out that information is to find out in all of their expanded new universe, which is all their comics and books, which is a huge problem I'm having with this new Disney, Star Wars, Lucas. It's, and, a, it's a genius and that's, bu- business move, though. It's brilliant. That sucks that's, balls. That, that's, that's what it's that's doing. Almost a separate, that's almost a separate thing <clears throat> worth coming back to and talking about. Because yeah, I, I suspect we may find some more more common ground to stand on as a group with that. Yeah. Okay, I, well, I need to address two things with Scott real yeah, quick. no worries. Don't so, worry. so he's asking, why do it now? Now, the easy question, the easy response to that is to say, why not right now? But I'm, I'll at least go into a little bit further detail and tell you why they're doing it right now. Okay. Because these guys are not the point of the story. The point of the story is, is Ray. The point of the story is Poe. The point of the story is Finn. These are the heroes that we're going to be following for this trilogy. We're not following Princess Leia. We're not following Luke Skywalker. They're window dressing to guide us along to keep us familiar with the story. But the, they kill them off so they can complete their journey on their own. And they will rise up on their own. Then don't make the story about another goddamn Skywalker. Don't make Kylo a part of this. Make new characters. If Rey is a nobody, why bring Kylo as a Skywalker into this or a Solo? Whatever. <coughs> Nico. Well, it, let me let me ask let me ask <laughs> this just real quick though. Do we think either Anakin or Luke, both of whom have been referenced as the chosen one to bring power to the Force, do we think either of them have succeeded at that? I don't. I. I would make the case that neither of them did, but I think both of them have set the stage for that to eventually happen by the end of episode nine. Okay. Mm-hmm. But does that mean and that's, Skywalker... And that's part of why you have to come back to show the end of Luke, the last Jedi. That's the role he played in it. You see, my friends here are a perfect example of the combined talents of the Wretched Hive Podcast. Ridiculous. We are influencing James Cameron. We are. I think we are. Eat a you-know-what, blue cats. Jesus, I would happily watch The Clone Wars on a repeating loop than have to watch True Detective Season 1 again. Festering pile of nonsense. I don't know how inebriated on a scale of 1 to however much these guys are I am tonight, but I'm getting there. Glenn Fry was the 
most egotistical jerk out of all of them. What an asshole. There's a good possibility what? that Nico is twerking a moonfish. There's a problem with our country, okay? And it's Chewbacca Mom. That's the problem. I like big butts, and I cannot lie. Can we just get back to the show, please? This is Matt from the Hellflowers, and you're listening to the Wretched Hive Podcast. So, Dave, I have to, I have to ask you this question, Dave, because Ryan Johnson tweeted something earlier this week. I don't know if you've heard, Dave. Why well, I, uh, I probably haven't, Steve. So why don't I you know. tell me? But <laughs> Ryan Johnson quoted, uh, tweeted that we have to have these types of difficult conversations if we're going to keep Star Wars vital. So my question to you is: clearly, half the fans according to Rotten Tomatoes, and according to this show, are not happy with the film. Was it necessary to piss off half the fans in order to keep Star Wars vital? Yes. Well, let me, well okay. Let me first say, I don't think people are unhappy or dissatisfied with the film. Because I have to be honest, if I don't like a film, like, say, Man of Steel, I don't go fucking see it again and again and again. I just see it once and I move on because it's a piece of crap and I don't need to see it twice <laughs> oh my God, to I'm... know that it's a piece of crap. I'm in tears uh, right now. I'm totally on Dave's <laughs> Wait a minute. Are you and Dave agreeing? So, oh, oh, wow. God. First time so, on the show. <laughs> I'm just – so I'm just – for him to t- – for all the the angst, and I'm putting that in air quotes for people listening right now, that exists about this movie, how many people – are not seeing it again, are walking away, will not go see Solo, will not go see Episode Nine. are not buying any more toys or magazines or tie-ins. I mean, how many people are just done because it was that bad of a movie? And my guess is hardly any fucking one of you people. And that's because it's not actually that bad of a movie, but it's doing things that you don't like or disagree with. And that is a valid discussion to have. And, that and is Dave, absolutely uh, a valid discussion to have, and, and but Dave, it doesn't make you, it a bad product. How do you spell hive again? <laughs> what? H-I-B-E. Well, I have seen folks on social media claiming that I'm giving up Star Wars. Ah. I am not a Star Wars fan as a result of this movie. And yeah, Greg, these what? Are, these people are giving up sex and alcohol too. I'm pretty Greg, sure. Greg, these what? people these people are all making these claims on Star Wars based fan pages on <laughs> with their rebel yes. icons as their Facebook <laughs> avatar. Yes, so true. That's so like... true. This is Red Five signing off. I'm no longer a Star Wars fan. I'll catch you bitches on Yavin 4 where all the real Star Wars fans hang out. Oh, man. So I'm, I am sure, I am, I am positive we can find some, some disaffected fans out there, but I do think it's kind of hilarious that the big knock, the big knock that exists on The Force Awakens, that, that is honestly true to a certain extent, is that it was largely a nostalgic, rose-colored rehash of previous story structure for Star Wars movies. Right. You know what? Yes, it was. And it was glorious, and I loved it. And I will watch it again and again and again. So that's the criticism of Episode 7. Episode 8 goes entirely the opposite direction. And it's not. It's very much a standalone, look, guys, this is what happens. It's been 30 years. The characters have regressed. They're dying off. They maybe haven't wound up how you thought they were going to wind up. And it's a hard 
interesting story to look at. And people are like, oh my god, it's not derivative. It's just, it's horrible. I don't know what to do with myself. And I, well, I just, and, the and whiplash I, effect that I get from it drives me bonkers. Yeah, I, I could, Dave, I want to kiss you right on your filthy mouth right now. I just, I oh. so agree with it, with everything you're saying. I don't do that again. Right <laughs> not, not again, please. Greg, we don't want but, to end up but, in the news. But, but, I mean, Stop with but, this. But, he complained about seriously. beard burn for a week. <laughs> but but seriously, there there's a tweet out there that said exactly the thing. It says, don't make it the same, but don't make it too different either. And this one yeah. went so different that people are having the exact same reaction on the opposite side that they have for Force Awakens. And it's yeah. just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I, I am, I'm so happy they went in this direction. I know I'm not in the majority uh, being so ecstatic about, about it, but I think that Dave's right. I think the majority of Star Wars fans actually appreciate this movie and will be back for Solo and will be back for Episode Nine and will be back for Ryan Johnson's new trilogy, whatever that encompasses. So, Hey, yeah. I, I want to jump in because I'm the one who's on the opposite end of the spectrum. I'm not leaving the franchise. I'm arguing no. certain points. I'm being critical of a film that I don't necessarily think is a solid film. Am I still a Star Wars fan? Hell yeah, I'm still a Star Wars fan. I survived the fucking prequels. And I that fucking Word. was because Nico's not on the line right now. So I, that was for Nico. <laughs> I'm right here. Oh, you are Nico. Right oh, my God. We all, we all continue to survive the fucking prequels. Oh, my God. Yeah. Seriously. And for and for the record, Scott, I'm not trying to lump you in with that, no, no, with no. that group. I'm not I, taking I'm that. We're, we're talking about extremists, not Star Wars podcasters yeah. here. I mean, let's face it. Well, yeah, we're grounded and level-headed, yeah, right? No, yeah. no shit. We're, we're stuck now, man. We can't get out of it if we wanted to. No, I don't think you are, Dave, but I'm just trying to point out the fact that I do have criticisms about this film. And just because I have those criticisms doesn't make me an extremist in that sense. It just makes me a realist in saying, hey, as much as I like Ryan's Johnson. Oh, please put that on a, on a best of. Come on. <laughs> Oh, that's in there. Please. Oh, my God. That Let was... me make a note of the time. Uh. Scott likes Ryan's Johnson. But my problem is, is <clears throat> as a filmmaker, I don't think he did a bang-up job on this film. I think that there were problems with it, and he could have done a better job and should have done a better job. He didn't have to rehash an old Star Wars feeling for me. He could have done exactly what he did, but <clears throat> made a better film. There's problems. There's serious problems with this movie. Well, let's yeah, let's the whole the whole middle of the film I don't appreciate, but I I I love I love where he went th with this movie. I absolutely love where he went with this movie. I love the fact that he he is is out to destroy the old guard. I love the fact that he's building up new characters. I love that he gave us hints of things from the past and glimpses of things in the future. Okay. Yeah, hey, I'm with I'm with Greg. I didn't love all the foreplay in this movie, but the sex made up for it. <laughs> so, is let's that fair, Greg. That's totally fair. Okay. So guys, let's let's really quick touch on another Ryan Johnson Ryan's Johnson. We have to quote. We, have, we have to take a moment to pause to let the two of them make out for a while. Actually, well, you know what? That's <laughs> a great geez, point. As much time as you two spend making out, we should get a, a break here for us over. <laughs> At least we have yeah. a porg in the middle of us. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I can't give Dave a handy when he's sitting right next to me. Oh, <laughs> now we're going to handies. My God. I can't either. There's a big-ass porg in between us. Seriously. <laughs> Sorry, Nico. You're flying solo tonight. Yeah. God. Uh, there's another important Ryan Johnson comment that we really need to get to this, guys. And I, uh, in, Again, with my broad lens, is this Ryan Johnson kowtowing to the fans that aren't happy? So he was asked in an interview about 
the nature of Ray's parentage. And he said, quote, anything's still open and I'm not writing the next film. JJ and Chris Terrio are doing it. And so, Scott, I know you wanted to touch on this one. What what say you about is this is this Ryan Johnson acquiescing to to unhappy fans? I, I think so. I think uh, it's something that we've argued about, and I can't believe we had the same damn article. I printed a separate article that both references this. Um, yes, God, I do. You two need a moment alone. Yeah, we do, actually. But we can't get it because the goddamn porg is sitting behind us watching. I need some porn music to cue up okay. when we go so down So for the record, for, just for the record, for people listening at home, the fact that there's a, a porg doll watching them is what makes it creepy <laughs> for Scott, not the fact that he's on a video chat with three other men. Right? <laughs> That's perfectly okay with him. All right, I'm putting this porg between us officially. Holy oh, shit. That, that thing's touching go. me, man. That's touching me. <laughs> That's, All right. That's not his porg. <laughs> Okay, so, God, before we got off track, um, yeah. so is this Ryan Johnson trying to appease um, the 50% of fans that are pissed off that we didn't get a, a uh, well, the, the answer that we got about Ray's parentage is uh, is one that that was a huge surprise. I think so. I really think that it's him sitting down saying, look, it's you haven't seen the third part. We've discussed this. We've all had this. We're still having the discussion right now. Two, two and a half weeks afterwards. Three weeks, actually. Um, I really feel it's him saying to all of us, look, there's a lot more to this story going on. And I think that's fantastic. The only problem I have with it is it could have been done in the film. It could have been done in a slight hint. Instead of having a friggin' kid in a, in a barn raking up... What did I call it? Llama shit. Who pretends to have? <laughs> I don't the, think the, that's the, what they called it. You know, whatever. It's just like, I, I, look. I I know, I have a big problem with that scene, and I'm going to bring this up because it's also in part of that article. I have a problem with the fact that he wants to break away and throw this weird, odd scene into it. And again, this is my 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 disjointed idea of how it should be done. And and again, I'm just a fan, but it's my thought. Don't just slam, don't hit us, don't broadside us with a freaking semi of some kid in a barn stable holding up a broom or using the force to pull the broom. You have another way of presenting this. You have a, a, a more subtle way of approaching this. And all they're telling us is the big argument everyone's having, and I'm having a problem with the actual argument. They're telling us, let go of your old ways. Let go of your Skywalker ideas and stuff. You know what? That That's bullshit. That's them telling us that that's all we believe. And we put up with your fucking prequels, and we know by the prequels that it's not just the Skywalkers or a bloodline. We know by the fact that Yoda was teaching these kids in Attack of the Clone, there's all sorts of races out there that have the ability to have the Force. I don't need Ryan's Johnson to tell me this with a kid picking up llama shit in a broom. I already know it. Attack of the Clones, the worst movie out of the friggin' first trilogy told me so already so go on Sorry. greg did is is ryan johnson's comment about <laughs> the nature of ray's parentage backtracking on something here or is he taking the easy way out or trying to appease fans what is this tweet about it was pretty uh, clear I, in the movie to me that her parents are nobody yeah so 
I don't think he's backtracking. I obviously he he can't divulge the story. He can't take that story point away from the writers to the next film. But obviously everybody on the writing team of all the films knows where that story is going to go and who she is. So he just he so he has to play coy about it. He has to play coy about it because he can't divulge the secret. However, I will say Kylo said there nobody, you know, that's the when when she sees the vision in the in the force butthole down there she sees, you know, that they're just faces that are there. It's not it's not some big reveal. I don't think that she's going to... I still believe that she's not going to be anybody. I, I don't think that Kylo's lying. Kylo has not lied to her yet. If you want to equate it to what happened in Empire, Luke said that he was... Or Vader said he was Luke's father. He wasn't lying then, even though there was a bunch of controversy about well, maybe he's lying just to swim over to his side. I think it's the truth, I, but I I could still be proven wrong because we haven't heard this part of the story yet. Well, but Dave, I, Dave, I, I have to jump in. On, I have to jump in on the force butthole, and you can edit that all you want. <laughs> but I I saw and read an interview with Ryan Johnson where he talked about that sequence, and I I I got to admit, even watching that thing twice, I wasn't entirely sure exactly what the hell was going on with it. And in the interview, Ryan talked about how, like in the cave on Dagobah she was confronted with her fear, which was that she was just alone. That she didn't have a support structure in, par in parents or a family or anything to help her face what was going on. And that's, that's kind of played out in her dialogue. She's looking for someone to show her her place in all of this, in the universe. Yeah. And so it is, to me, an open question. Yes, Kylo hasn't lied to her, but if he was going to, that was the exact moment to do it. She was at a vulnerable th moment. He was at a maximum, like, cult Scientology leader. I'm telling you what you need to hear to get you onto my side. And it would be a neat trick to me, storytelling-wise, if they, they kind of turned the construct of Empire on its head, where the big reveal in Empire was the truth. Well, the big reveal in Last Jedi actually isn't. And the whole thing that he's doing in Last Jedi is toying with this idea that you can be a nobody and because you have hope, and because the, the world gives you this power, you can turn into somebody. You don't just have to wait around for somebody to come and save you. So you think she is a nobody. You think what they told you was the I, truth. No, I have. I, I, honestly, I don't know at this point, but I will say I promise you, because see, we were, he talks about how you know I didn't have any interference, and Steve, you had a conversation about this, that right. he had no interference from the Lucas story group, nobody's telling him what to do, and, and I call a certain amount of bullshit on that. Because there is a story group that guides all these things that are happening. And this, these trilogies are not being written like the, that writing exercise that we all did in junior high school or, or whatever, where I write a paragraph of a story and then I hand it to you, Scott, and you have to write the next paragraph of the story. And it's just everything's happening in a vacuum. They have a rough outline of what they're going to do. And I yeah, believe they, that these they, individual they, screenwriters... They sure have a... Uh... Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, they they, have, they they definitely have a can do and can't do list. Like they can kill off the character that they use in their own story because it serves a story purpose. They can't do something like make Ray a Kenobi or something like that though, because that exactly. would be stupid. Exactly. I'm just saying they know what it is, so they're playing around with it around the edges of it. And maybe Ryan didn't get any notes back that you can't do that because he, whether by accident or design, stayed inside of the guidelines of what that story group outline already is. And it's absolutely no problem to say that Kylo was lying or telling the truth. It's, there's absolutely no issue with doing that either way in Episode Nine. 
Well, we've talked about this offline quite a bit that the the way the dialogue plays out in the movie is that Ray is the first one to say or Kylo challenges her, say it, say it. And she says they were nobody. And then he confirms the truth that she already knows. It's not that he told her. It's that he confirmed her truth. Or what she believes, not what she knows, what she believes. Right, her truth, yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. from a certain point of view. Correct. Okay, that's a great line to pull up right there, but I have to backtrack even farther. Let's go back to The Force Awakens. Then why build up all of this anticipation and this understanding that she has Force visions and sees all of this stuff about the Skywalker family? Why does she have a connection to Luke's lightsaber? Look, I I tend to agree with you, Scott. I actually personally tend to agree with you, and if it wasn't for that, I would be 100% on board with the idea that she is just a nobody, and this is a nice little coda ending to the Skywalker family saga. This is one of the basis. She has she has a clear connection to that lightsaber and the Skywalker family. She does. I I am. I am now. I'll 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 tell you why right here. So what, Steve? You say your piece, and then I'll tell Scott exactly why. So (laughs) well, and I'm agreeing with you, Scott. I am totally agreeing with you. I interrupted you to agree with you. (laughs) Well, I I was going to say that I I now am prepared to flop my opinion about her lineage. I, I believe that she's a Skywalker, and here's why. I can't imagine. I can't imagine the Skywalker, uh, a nine-film series about the Skywalkers, ending with Kylo Ren is the end of the Skywalker line. I I don't believe that's possible. I think they have to make her a Skywalker because you have to make the Jedi Order continue with a Skywalker. And I believe that she is the she is the seed that will be that has been planted now to grow to rebuild the Jedi Order, and so I think that Rey is a Skywalker. There you go. Wow. I just reversed myself, reversed two years of belief Yeah. in 30 seconds. I think Greg was next. He had the floor. Go ahead, Greg. All righty. So, Scott, you want to know why she so has this attraction to Luke's lightsaber in the Skywalker family? You tell that me, Fuzzy Face. So Wouldn't dirty. it be great if, he, if he's convinced that she's a Kenobi now? <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> Come on, Fuzzy Face, tell me. There was this old man on a desert planet who spent years and years watching over this little boy, (laughs) furiously just going to town. Just 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 making just an Adobe factory, he was. So so obviously, there are no, there are still, to this day, no more uh, Force users other than uh, Snoke and Kylo Ren. And a um, little boy on that planet. Yeah. There's but no but, force but, users. But, but he's unknown. He's unknown. Wait a minute. In the very beginning of The Force Awakens, um, Snoke says there's been an awakening. And the awakening is from Rey. Okay? The light so, and the dark. So since there are no more Jedi out there who can do training, Rey has to be called through the Force to the last Jedi... So she can so she can carry on the traditions and what she does by stealing the Jedi text. So she will be the foundation for the new Jedi Order. That's a, that's a good point. That we all I like your point on that. Thought and hoped that Luke would be. Yes. Or many of us did. Yeah. 
that that most people wanted, and they're pissed that he's not. But <clears throat> quite frankly, the last time we saw Luke, he was getting his ass handed to him by an old man. So, well, and that's what you just described. Now is the safe way to move forward with Episode Nine, right? I mean, what if Episode Nine is just another complete left turn? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's possible. What what if... they do when they do the 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 total switcheroo and Ray goes totally like bad guy and Kylo yeah. is the redeeming factor, and then you do have your closing out of the of the hero Skywalker family with 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 Kylo Ren being the <laughs> ultimate hero, how, having killed Han Solo. How how would <laughs> how would fans feel about that one? Well, I still Man. believe, I still believe, and I said this even after The Force Awakens, that this whole trilogy ends with the redemption of Kylo Ren. I still believe that. You did say that. I do remember you saying that. On so, his, so on me, his so deathbed a la Anakin. Let me ask you this. Go ahead, Dave. So if uh, the previous trilogy ended with the redemption of Anakin Skywalker right. yeah. and the immediate death of Anakin Skywalker after that, does Kylo Ren or Ben Solo survive the end of episode nine in, in your theory. Ooh, hmm. I, man, I, I, both I, of those are good arguments. Uh, <laughs> no, not no. That is the biggest disappointment. Greg Glenn has given a partner in, well, <laughs> 20, 24 to 48 hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that one. <laughs> That one's pretty rough. That's a pretty rough one right there. I love it. Nico joins in on this one. I love that we're talking about Nico's mom in the like this odd odd way and he jumps in. Oh, he just he just totally blanked out. Oh, oh he oh we dropped Greg. Oh, Damn. man. Your question totally like, stumped him. Maybe he didn't Nico want to answer. That was so good I had to join in. God, this is such You know what I love about this? Yeah. I, or since we're still recording, I'm I'm going to say yeah, this go is on. I think I was telling you this the other day. Uh, what actually fascinates me the most? Again, I don't hate this movie. I think this movie is actually quite enjoyable. There's some some of the most amazing sequences in this film. Yeah. But I have problems with the storytelling and certain things about it and the way it was constructed. However, I find it more fascinating that we can sit here and have these unbelievable discussions about this film. We all generally, I think, liked The Force Awakens. Yeah. And we all sat in, you know to put it not so nicely, basically stroked each other's egos on that one. We're like, oh, this is the greatest film ever. I love this. It's just a rehash. I love that movie. Right. But... I wasn't stroking her ego, Trebek. <laughs> 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 All right, let's just pause there. Greg's back with us. Uh, God, do yes, we, I am. Do we even remember the question? I don't know. Dave, can you restate what you, what, what you uh, shared and ask oh, I... and challenge Greg on? I, I was just asking Greg in his theory. Uh, so if we look at the original trilogy that ended with the redemption and death of Anakin Skywalker, if in your theory that episode nine ends with the redemption of Kylo Ren slash Ben Solo Skywalker, sure. does that character live or die in your scenario? So uh, before I got cut off, I'm not sure how much of my little, I had a very eloquent thing to say there, but basically what it boiled down to for me, it's kind of a, a just a coin toss, but uh, it could go, it, the story made would make sense either way. There's good story points in either direction. So I'm just going to flip the coin and say he lives. So right, I can't, fair. I can't imagine the character that not just, I was going to say caused the death of Han Solo, but literally, put a lightsaber through the chest of the one of the most beloved Star Wars characters ever. Now, before you go, That's and I know, 
I know. Well, what part? What part is debatable? The fact that he put the lightsaber through Han's chest. All right. Let's hear it. Why is that debatable, Nico? I think Han's the one who ignited the lightsaber, knowing that he Ben wouldn't be able to do it um, on his own, but he was trying to get to Ben um, the only way that he knew that he, you know, like shock therapy kind of a thing. Right, in, in an effort to save um, his, his son. to right. try to save Ben. Um, Guys, you know, I... Kind I, of his humanity. And I, 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 I have a... Uh, go ahead, Nico, finish up. I was going to say, I, and I feel like I can back that up um, with The Last Jedi in the scene where, spoilers, um, Kylo Ren does not fire on the... Um, the bridge of the uh, the resistance ship where his mother is. The TIE fighters behind him end up uh, launching the shooting the shots that near nearly killed the princess. So I've I've that's a that is a theory that's been out there for a while and Kylo actually thanks Han before allowing him to fall off of the, the bridge there on the uh, Death Star three I have um, a uh, Steve. I have a little. Uh, I have a, a special deleted scene from The Force Awakens. Actually, oh. uh, just sitting here on my computer, just ready to go. Okay, you know? and it's you gotta just listen carefully. It's just dialogue. You gotta listen carefully. Is, is this from the Lucasfilm Vault, Greg? Is this yes. from our hack that yes, we did that one night? Okay, all right. Only this is a Wretched Hive exclusive. <clears throat> exclusive content on the Wretched Hive podcast. Okay, everybody, quiet. Greg, fire away. Uh, Kylo, uh, give me that lightsaber. I don't want to act in this next fucking movie. <laughs> I love how how Han actually chuckles at the end there. That's funny. <laughs> he was so happy to be out of the out of out of the out of the whole of series that they only had to be in the one movie. He was ecstatic. It was fucking amazing. Yeah, no, now now I think, I think he went to the uh, the acting school of Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> <laughs> now, Nico, I've I've heard that theory before. That, but but I love how you connected it to the Last Jedi with his inability to pull the trigger. To kill his mother. That's that adds a little bit of credence and to that. I like that. At the same time, I feel like that totally feel uh, f- feeds into um, Greg's theory, where um, he survives and he is is mm-hmm. redeemed. Because if you think about it, he hasn't done anything irredeemable. Well, Anakin slaughtered like two dozen kid Padawan kids, right? And right. he was redeemed, mm-hmm. right? Right. But he did and die at the Kyle, end. He did die at the end, though. Yeah. But, yeah, but Kylo hasn't really like he's you know he's hanging out with friends and graffitiing walls and smoking <laughs> cigarettes behind the gym. You know. Wait a minute. What is this, but, Nico? In 1998? What are, what are you talking about there? <laughs> <laughs> like it's just it's just some. I feel I really feel like this whole trilogy is Ben Solo's teen, teen angst trilogy Hmm. um but yeah he he didn't kill his daddy he didn't kill his mom he couldn't he's trying to be cool in front of his friends and then he realizes that he's not that cool so he tries to be the big boy but uh, yeah i don't think it's gonna turn out the way that he wants but at the same time i don't think it'll turn out poorly for him Oh man, let's let's get let's get even deeper on this. Maybe 
maybe Kylo isn't telling Rey that her parents are nobodies. He's actually telling her that his parents are nobodies. And they're the drunks that left him with Luke, left him with this old hermit to learn this Jedi thing, and it was a complete failure. That's, mm. that's the twist right there. He's actually talking about himself and not Rey. I mean, he was able to deceive Snoke in that way, right? Yeah. He obviously has more power than we're led on to. Also, to base this off of what Nico's saying, there are moments where Snoke tells him that he hasn't fully come to the dark side. <clears throat> and what was supposed to get him to the dark side was killing his own father. If he didn't kill his own father, go that completely dark, then maybe Han Solo did ignite the, the well, saber himself. And didn't save- Snoke... Yeah. I'm sorry, Scott. I thought you were done. I no, apologize. No, and, and just saying, by the last moment on that is instead of him igniting it himself, Han did it and saved him from that path down the dark side. <sighs> exactly. Didn't, didn't Snoke say at the end of The Force Awakens, you know, as the planet's falling apart, didn't he tell Hux to, to bring Kylo Ren to me so we can, complete, we can complete his training? Yeah. Also, I don't trust anything that guy said. He was wearing a gold LeMay outfit, so I don't know what was going on there. <laughs> I was waiting for. I know. I just, I just have one thing to say to Snoke. Does Barry Manilow know that you raid his wardrobe? <laughs> Snoke and Liberace. You've never seen them in the in the room together. <laughs> that cloak was tight, guys. I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> but but I'm just going to throw this out here because it's a, it's something I've been toying with for a while. What if Snoke knew Kylo was doing the thing with the lightsaber? What if? Killing Snoke is part of completing Kylo Ren's training. What if the whole thing is a setup by Snoke? Well, they always say that the Sith apprentice killing their master is their final step into becoming the Sith master. Right, except they've been very explicit that Snoke is not a Sith. So I'm just saying, what if that wasn't what if that wasn't really Snoke, or what if there's you know 17 models of Snoke that are running around, or something like that? Are you going Dark Empire, uh, the Emperor just, still alive in clone bodies? I'm just saying I don't think that's the last we've seen of Snoke, just like I don't think it's the last we've seen of Luke. Well, let's if for no other reason than Luke promised Rey three lessons. All I'm saying is nobody, only gave her two. nobody wears gold LeMay in a bright red room. Come on, people. There's a serious <laughs> problem with that. <laughs> I can't believe that he allowed colors to clash that way. <laughs> Unbelievable. Come on. Yeah. Uh, One last story here about The Last Jedi, guys. It was revealed earlier this week that Carrie Fisher herself had her fingerprints all over The Last Jedi script, doing uh, quite a few rewrites, and particularly the scene with her and Laura Dern when they say goodbye to one another. She and Laura Dern completely rewrote that scene, and uh, which was a pretty freaking great scene, actually. I love the interaction there. Um, Carrie Fisher obviously had been tapped for years by directors in Hollywood to do rewrites and sharpen up scripts and dialogue, and uh, the same was true for this movie. She had a lot to do with the uh, with uh, Leia's dialogue, and I thought that was really cool that you know she rewrote rewrote some of her final scenes that appeared on film. Pretty cool. Oh, I think it's fantastic. My only problem is I hated the Laura Dern character in that film. I mean, what a what a dick! She is a complete dick in this movie, and I would not want her to be running my military. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Wait, who is a bigger dick? Who? Haldo or Luke? That's a tough call. Oh, think, I go. Think about this for a second. I, I, 
<laughs> wait, wait, wait. Pull up the video. I need to see these guys. We're, we're oh, gonna have oh, this sorry, discussion. Okay. We no, no, no. I'm not. I'm not trying to challenge you. I'm just. I'm just honestly curious. I, you know, Luke is wonderful in this film, with a, a couple exceptions, and I know we've all had this discussion before. But let's let's talk about Haldo or whatever the hell her name is. What? Who? Okay, you are down to the remnants of your resistance, and suddenly now is the time to hold off secrets to technically a commander. What? What? What a dick! You well, he was a captain. Save... He was demoted. Yeah, he was what? demoted. General Leia's last act before. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? He didn't me? say technically. Seriously, seriously, stop! You were down to one ship and a couple escape pods, and you're getting picked off because of bad physics in Star Wars Land. And now you're going to tell me, oh, it's okay. She's got pink hair, and she can talk to Poe anyway. He's a hot shot flyboy who's she obviously has the hots for. Seriously, you, you know, I, I I picked up. I don't know. We did we talk about this last episode where there's this kind of weird sexual energy between the two of them. I don't know. There's I, a there. I, maybe we didn't, but between I can between, pick up on the weird sexual energy between the two of you. <laughs> I was gonna say between between you guys shipping him with Holdo and everybody else in the world shipping with with Finn. I think his middle name is weird sexual energy. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's the way it's the way she's sort of like dressing him down, and she says like, "I know your type, fly boy, happy trigger finger. You're dangerous." The way she says dangerous, it sounded like like some porn stuff was about to happen. And uh, th- there was like this weird energy, but I didn't like it. I, My- just, I just, yeah, I did take this like the yeah. Kelly McGillis, Tom Cruise dynamic from Top Gun. Yes, the beginning. yes, absolutely. That's a great, great analogy. And I, I actually thought in, in retrospect this week, I wish that they gave Haldo's death, where she flies the ship at light speed through the Armada, which was, you know, arguably the most powerful scene in the film with the deafening silence afterwards. I wish they had given that to Leia. I think it would have been a great way to allow Carrie Fisher to exit the 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 series and exit gracefully her like give her a hero's death. First I was thinking it would be great to have Akbar. Yeah, we we had this when we had that conversation, yeah. but I, I think Carrie Fisher in that in that role would have been fantastic. Okay, let me let me just jump on this real quick and anyone jump in on this and attack me all you want, I'm good with it. But here, here is my problem again with the way that this movie is constructed and set up. And this is I don't care if you want to call me out on this, if it's Disney, if it's you know, Kathleen Kennedy, Lucasfilm, I don't care. It's poorly done. You want to off all the main characters and start anew? Great. So be it. Here's my problem. Why have everyone go out on the bridge of that deck? First of all, why are you putting all of your admirals on one bridge? If you have one main ship, what kind of stuff? This is Haldo. She's a dick. I'm serious. I'm so sick of this. Okay, okay. So let's just let's back Holdo, up. Holdo didn't put everybody on that bridge. That was Leia because Leia was there too. Well, that was then, before Holdo was in charge. So really quick, Scott, a great take by somebody on Facebook would have been was that Akbar was given that last glorious moment, right. And he turns to the camera and says, "I've laid a trap for." <laughs> for the first order okay wait how general lux and i have one thing to say to you i've made a poopy (laughs) can you can you imagine if he turned to the camera and said i've created a trap for the first order jesus christ audience would have exploded saturday night live dialogue is with poe as it is if he would have said that just like the whole wah wah afterward (laughs) no no i totally disagree that would have been a great callback to the original trilogy great callback that's not Mm. a fucking snl script where he's like joking 
with Hux. That would have been an awesome callback. It'd have to be so subtle. Here's my problem is we have an <laughs> argument about Dr. Evazon and Walrus Man on freaking Rogue One walking yeah. by like, oh, seriously, that line was like, why do you need to have him say that? You don't need to have him say it. Okay. It could be subtle, though. Fair enough. But I still think Akbar should have been the one. I like your Leia theory, but my, my problem is you don't put all your admirals on the friggin' deck of your one ship and have them get nuked in one shot. Lame, okay? Lame. Well, it doesn't matter if you have force powers and you can survive the vacuum of space, Scott. Oh, well, of course. Okay. But too bad you couldn't extend that to everybody else's on the fucking bridge. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Right. Leia, space bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Thank you, Greg, for saying that. Um, No, but seriously. Okay, there's so many problems with this scene, but let's let's give Admiral Akbar that that death, that glorious hero's death of being the one. If you're gonna get rid of him, fine. We got okay. it's a trap from Return of the Jedi. We love him, but you give him this moment and he's gone, and we're we're good, we're solid. But instead, he gets blo- we don't even see him. We just see Leia and and floating in her little force bubble, which we don't actually see. Oh, my God, so many problems. Here's another problem. We got Holdo, right? You want to introduce a new character? I don't care if Poe's going to be the, the next leader of the Resistance or whatever the hell he wants to call it. Well, you know, Mickey Mouse Club or whatever. <laughs> but here's my problem. Keep the new characters fresh. Keep her on. She's the one connection to the old way of doing things. That's it. Just the one person. Leia, we know, has to go. And everyone else, they just nuked out of the, out of the, the cockpit of this thing. So... Put Akbar as the one that turns the ship over and like does the uh, the hyperdrive moment right through the uh, whatever that thing is the Devastator or the Dreadnought or whatever. Right. But 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 okay. So the other issue I have is I don't feel anything when she's doing that moment. I have no yeah. problem with Holdo dying at that moment. She, she's been the worst leader possible. You don't hold secrets to your crew. You just don't. Plus, here's another issue. She just sat there for like. How long in that movie? Seven to ten minutes? Letting them pluck off all of their ships. If you have a big-ass ship, park that shit right in front of those ships <laughs> escaping. At least your shield, which is still operational, by the way, can block the goddamn lasers. What is wrong with these people? All right, I'm calling Ryan's Johnson right now. We're going to have a discussion. These, these ships are just not that agile, Scott. They just don't move that fast. Great. She, she had to turn it around to get into position to go hyperspeed up their buttholes. Did you just see her pull that U-turn in The Last Jedi? How many times now? Three times? She pulled that pretty quick, man. If all she did was block, she could have saved seven of those ships. We saw all of them get nuked and we're down to 14 people. <laughs> the resistance is 14 people. She could have had three to seven ships saved. That's all I'm saying. And then did her hyper ju- uh, jump move. I mean, so, oh, good God. You know we're gonna be we're gonna be dissecting this and unpacking this for weeks. This is this is nowhere near done. Oh. I I just feel like we're scratching the surface, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be a long time. It's gonna, it's be, a gonna be, a be a really long time, guys. Yeah, a... we're not gonna have any time to preemptively hate on the solo movie if we keep talking about the Last Jedi like this. <laughs> hey, let's talk about that's a great transition, Dave. Thanks for thanks Thank for you. bringing me out of that. Uh, we Glad need to help. To, there's a few other stories we need to get to, and one is an exciting story that we heard this week. John Williams is composing music for the Han Solo standalone film. Williams himself announced in Variety that the plan is for him to write a theme for Han Solo. So I guess Han Solo himself, the character, is going to get a new theme for his movie, which Mm -hmm. is cool. And John Powell is going to write the score 
which he'll do brilliantly, Williams said. John Powell uh, previously was nominated for an Oscar for the score for How to Train Your Dragon. Uh, but the big news here is Jay Will back for yeah, the Han Solo that's the same film. thing. <laughs> well, he's a talented guy. I'm clearly. sorry, did I say that out loud? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. I hate <laughs> are you are you saying that John Williams is going to write a new score for Han Solo? That's what it sounds like. It's John Williams. Yeah. He's just going to plagiarize himself. It's okay. Uh. We've all come to grips with it. And it'll be great. It'll be better than 99% of the other people out there. I'm sure it will. There you go. I'll be happy. Or, plot twist, he's going to go completely off the wall, different from anything that he's ever done, because that's all that Disney wants out of Star Wars anymore. That's right. So what are you saying, Because you have to piss off half the fans We're in order gonna to get keep Star Wars relevant. We're going to get for the new... Is, is it going to be EDM? <laughs> We're going to get a whole bunch of, yeah, a whole bunch of techno and... Trap rap music for the new Han Solo movie. <laughs> you know, one thing that's been great, one great byproduct of all this controversy is there's been some interesting uh, sort of side stories out there. Um, I, we're not going to talk about these in depth. Uh, we'll put these in the show notes. But a uh, great story on NBC News. Is Star Wars The Last Jedi science fiction? It's time to settle this age-old argument. Is Star Wars uh, science fiction or, or fantasy? Another great story is uh, uh, the Porgs in Star Wars are a perfect perfect example of natural selection. Uh, this on QZ.com. So lots of lots of interesting folks are sort of leveraging Star Wars news and the controversy and, and uh, about The Last Jedi to sort of get their own messages out there. So I, I, I like that. And we'll put these we'll put these links in the show notes for people to check out on their own. I'm going definitely. I'm siding with science fiction. Are you? Spoiler alert! I go, Star Wars is space fantasy. I go fantasy. Oh, fantasy! Word, Nico. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, th- I thought you meant the actual like fact or fiction, not you're talking genres. Actually. We're we're talking, we're talking fantasy versus science fiction. Oh, okay. Yeah, then yeah. Definitely fantasy then. Yeah. Okay. Uh, last story here, guy. Well, oh, this is a big one. Oh, do we have time to cover this? <laughs> I, I, I think we do. Let's just dive in. Let's let's we'll we'll cover it a little bit. And then I know I know Dave and Greg. I know and and Scott and and Nico. You guys are all going to want to talk about this more. But uh, on on December fifth, it was announced that Disney and Fox were getting more deep into conversation conversations about Disney acquiring Fox movie properties. I'm sorry, Steve. How deep? Very, very deep. Deep. Uh, that was December fifth. Then on December fourteenth, the day that the Force, o- uh, sorry, the Last Jedi was released, it was announced Disney has acquired Fox movie properties. So this includes the Avengers, X Men, Avatar. Huge franchises are now all housed under the Disney umbrella, and. I can't wait. I got to go to Dave first on this. I know, Dave, you've been following the news on this closely as a sort of a sidebar. We haven't really talked about it on the show. What's your take on this? Disney now owns all of these amazing properties all under one roof. What do you think? It's This is just the first domino that's going to fall. There's going to be a, a lot of media conglomeration for content over the next couple of years. And what what is it going to mean 
for Disney. Uh, this deal is probably not going to close until 2019, which is coincidentally the year that Episode Nine comes out. So at some point in 2020 or 2021, Disney will be able to do a a nine film, you know, all in spectacular release because they will have the rights to all Star Wars movies for the first time under one roof. Yeah. And maybe we will finally get a, you know, theatrical release Star Wars. And maybe it won't even be on Blu-ray or 4K. Maybe it'll just all be streaming mm. through the Disney-only channel that we'll all pay $6 a month to go to. Well, after I get my surgically implanted... Yeah. Uh, Disney Mickey, chip? No, my Mickey Mouse <laughs> antenna yeah. ears. It'll just go right into my head. And I think yeah, I, misspoke, I mean, I mean I... And maybe we'll get the, the fanfare restored to the front of the movies which by the way was like the only annoying thing about the the last jedi screening that christine and i went to is we stayed through the whole credits and after it was done and the lights were up and people were still filing out i could hear a conversation from the opposite corner of the theater where someone guys like and what happened to the fanfare music i just realized that was gone i was like you fucking twit are you not paying any attention to <laughs> wow. anything that's going on in the world how do you just figure that out three years yeah in? The Star Wars universe is going to miss him not being a fan anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the guy, huh? Obviously that not guy, a fan yeah, of the Wretched Hive. That guy can go. That guy can absolutely uh, go. Scott, I'm curious to get but, and but, I think the bigger, But the bigger thing, Steve, before... Sorry, before yeah, we move on, Scott. Okay. The bigger thing is by far what the implication will be for Marvel. Because the, the X-Men stuff is, is now... And the Fantastic Four is all now in play for Marvel Phase 4. And I think that's going to be key for who the villain is for that arc for Phase 4, 5, and 6. And Scott, you're nodding, so I'll throw it over to you because I think we're probably on the same wavelength there. We're going to have a massive discussion on this because uh, what I loved is you pointed out the fact that the buyout doesn't uh, complete until 2019, which would begin uh, Phase 4 for the the, uh, the Marvel uh, movies, the Marvel, uh, what is it, Cinematic Universe. Yeah. Um, I'm fascinated by this because it pulls in not just Fantastic Four, but all of the X-Men universe, which includes Deadpool, which has been fantastic in the Twitterverse out there. Uh, thank you, Ryan Reynolds, for being the best fucking funny person ever. Um, I can't wait to see how this is going to play out. I want to see all of these characters come together because if you are a fan of these these characters from the actual marvel comics you know that they're all involved in especially right now uh the uh, infinity wars it's, I, I would love to see the x-men be involved i would love to see uh, you know deadpool and all of these characters fantastic four play a big role in these giant crossover events are we going to see a film that includes characters from the avengers and x-men and the Fantastic Four all together in yes. one film. Yeah, there'll be there'll, not there'll for be some, a while. Not there'll be some while. version of, of of either Avengers versus X Men, or if they can ever figure out what the hell's going on with Fantastic Four, because that's a whole nother ball of wax. Yes. Um, then then you'll do Secret Wars. So you, you'll just I, do full on Secret Wars. And I know why you're saying that about about the Fantastic Four, Greg. But Disney specifically called out Fantastic Four when they did the announcement of this. So that no. says to me that they they feel comfortable. That they they have their arms around this. Well, if if yeah, uh, if uh, Marvel if 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 uh, Disney has been able to pull off this deal with Sony and to get, I mean seriously, the reboot of Spider Man has been one of the most fantastic things to ever see on screen. I all the other previous versions I've I've either yeah. loved or had some issues with, but still enjoyed. This new version of Spider Man is fantastic, and it really is all up to Marvel on how that that came about. I think Scott, gonna... would you say that it's been amazing? It's been amazing. <laughs> I think it's been 
amazing, spectacular, <laughs> sensational, <laughs> all of the above. <laughs> but yes, I, I am, I am really excited to see what they're going to be able to pull off. I really want to see the X Men involved with the Avengers. I really want to see how they're going to reboot the Fantastic Four franchise because. God, that was horrible. <laughs> that, was that, last, that last one was just appalling, and thank God they had the sense to look at the train wreck that was the movie and, more importantly, was the making of that movie oh. and say, yeah, oh. you're out. We'll, we'll save Boba Fett for someone that actually knows their ass from a hole in the ground. Yeah. And, yeah. But the, the story arc of the last of the three phases of the Marvel Cinematic Universe that began in 2008 and are going to conclude next year with... Uh, Infinity War Part 2. 11 years of film based around the Infinity Stones and Thanos. Yeah. So they have to pick who a new overarching big bad is going to be for phases 4, 5, and 6. Galactus. Galactus from the Fantastic Four. Oh, yeah. Is Galactus eventually showing up to munch Earth as a Big Mac? Yeah. That, that can be your unifying thing to bring together what you're looking for, Steve. You know, the Avengers... The X-Men, the Fantastic Four, yep. the Inhumans, everybody's going to be in on that. Oh, yeah. And, and to have him actually as a giant planet-eating entity that looks, that's purple and pink and, and magnificent. I mean, not it's this... all his Kirby glory. Yeah. None of this, none of this smoke monster bullshit. I want to see a comic book character that is twice the size of Earth, three times the size of Earth, eating Earth. Or trying to, anyway. So here's my next question for you, Marvel aficionados. Uh, looping it back to Star Wars, what is the possibility of having one of these Marvel characters appear in a Star Wars film? Something akin to E.T. appearing in Episode 3. Are we going to see like a little side shot, like a little Easter egg of a Marvel character? In a future Star Wars film. Oh my God! You're going to bring up the Patton Oswalt uh, rant speech off of uh, Parks and Rec, aren't you? <laughs> I, 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 yeah. I just, uh, I, I, would, I would urge people to just go see Ready Player One rather than try to look for that kind of an Easter egg. Yes. All right. Can't wait. For yeah. That. Hey, hey. I mean, if we get something like seeing Groot in the background of like one of the bar scenes or something as one of the you know creatures yeah. in a passing scene. I'm okay with that. Yeah. But it already happened, anything guys. Yeah, more e. than that, I'm not cool. It already happened. Groot was the tree that Yoda exploded. <laughs> oh, with that, we got to get to this. It's the Star Wars Tweet of the Week. Yahoo! Really? Curious. Because everybody knows that Twitter is a source of endless positivity. You're gravely mistaken. Come to your senses! Well, uh... There are a few Twitter accounts that are kind of funny. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, we're, Scott and I are still laughing about your last line there. What do you got for us this week, buddy? You, you know, ever since a certain movie came out, um, there's been, uh, there's been a, a resurgent of all of our old friends. Very Lonely Luke has come back. Emo uh, Kylo Ren has come back. Uh, Bad Father Han Solo's come back. Glum George Lucas has come back. Um, so I, I was really at a loss of which one I wanted to go with. But I'm going to go just for you guys. I'm going to go with uh, back to the old standby. Very Lonely Luke from uh, just a few days ago. He says, it's so nice to finally meet someone new who isn't 
a secret long lost relative. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's perfect, actually. What a, that's absolutely perfect. That is perfect. close second to that one the close second to that one was uh my dad never shows up here even though he could he ghosted me oh Oh. i see what he did there oh you see what i did there oh man oh vll i missed you i missed your i missed you being funny is what it was (laughs) he's got more source material now he's come he's come back like I say, they all have. They're yeah. also. I mean, it's, it truly is going to be the Star Wars tweet of the week for a while because there's a couple of the glum George Lucas ones were just gold, just comedy oh, gold. I think we'll save it. until next time. Love it, love it. Well, if you have ever ghosted anyone, call our hotline and give us a call. Let us let us hear about it. Five six two four five five four four eight three. That's five six two four five five hive. H-I-V-E, if you can't spell hi. Uh, we are online, our home on the web. We've got a little blog going that has all of our show notes and show announcements. That can be found at www.theretchedhive.net. Also, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Wretched Hive podcast. Follow us at Twitter at Pod. We're on Stitcher now. You can find our show on Stitcher. You can find it on Podbean. At Stitcher, just uh, go to Stitcher. Search for the Wretched Hive podcast. Podbean is at wretchedhive.podbean.com. But the best way to listen to the show is maybe through iTunes. Go to your iTunes account. Search for the Wretched Hive podcast. Subscribe to the show. Leave a review. Five stars, one star any stars we don't care we just want to hear from you listeners of the wretched hive podcast and guys episode 52 is in the books any last thoughts for this week guys i still have a problem with the whole uh, kylo ren gaslighting thing we need to talk about jedi gaslighting there's a problem with this guy <laughs> oh man jedi gaslighting does that have to do with matches and farts is that what that is <laughs> It's a deleted scene. Yeah. <laughs> My last thought is The Last Jedi is a fantastic movie. Get over yourselves. <laughs> Almost. May the force be with us all, people. See you next week. Costa Rica. Who love you? Bounce, bounce, bounce.